Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my, it's just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others, here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Exciting! I just got dumped right off the air. Let me bring everybody back well, on. Well, I was trying to get back on myself, and I said, holy crow. And I had to call yeah, it two different times. Everything just dumped. So apologies, everybody. This show is uh, now going live. <laughs> yes. And welcome to Supernatural Girls Radio. Wow, what an exciting beginning. It's so great there to be on the air. There has to be a reason. Somebody doesn't want our information getting out. Yes, I guess. Isn't that something? Well, I guess we have a lot of good, important things to say today, huh? (laughs) That's right. Must be. Oh, my goodness. And I'm trying to call back in, and it wouldn't let me in. And then the number would go through, and it would call the show, and then it would go dead silent. Okay. Bizarre. Bizarre. Well, I guess our energy is just so intense, you know. (laughs) Of course. That's because the three of us are so wonderful. That's right. That's right. Oh, my. Well, anyways, just uh, welcome, everybody. We have a terrific show for you tonight with a great guest. We are going to be talking about miraculous things, and we have lots of things to share with you first. So let's start, PK, with you. What do we have going on? Well, we have to remember that this month is a one month. One means all about self, new beginnings, fresh starts, all that good stuff. And we're in a year of major changes. And just please pay attention to the things going around all of us. Nothing is as we thought it was going to be. There's a change almost daily. But it's also opening doors to give us new starts, new beginnings. But it's a good time for us to make major changes of what we'd like to have, as opposed to carrying that old duffel bag over our shoulder when we know it's dead and gone. So there's some good things that are really going to take place. And there's opportunity for us to really take a good look at by trusting our instincts and our intuition. It's going to give us a great start. Don't be surprised if the intuition doesn't help you along the way, that you're not even planning on it taking place. You're looking to somewhere, something else to take place, and all of a sudden it's like a pop's 
the jack-in-the-box, and it's got something in its hand that's going to be a benefit to you. Don't hmm. be afraid to lead by example and get these fresh starts and new beginnings going for yourself. Yeah, we need those fresh starts, don't we? Oh, that is for sure. But there's a luck factor that goes with it, so why not? What the heck? Well, yeah. You, didn't you say there's a luck factor all year long, that that's a big All big year deal, long, huh? but in a one month even more so because our instincts and our intuition is much higher. Uh-huh. Because it's all about us. It's not taking in the other person or getting caught up in other issues. But the one is me, my, and I, and you can do it, and it's not considered negative. Mm. Wow. Well, we we've got some. Of those. I, I think the phrase right now that I would look for is go after what you want. Nothing's going to stop you but you. Well, that's good. Good to know. Mm-hmm. That's good to know. I don't want anything to stop me. <laughs> no, I don't either. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, put on my Hopdale boots. <laughs> <laughs> now, you've got some interesting things coming up on your calendar, and please share with our audience what you're going to be doing with another one of our guests out in your area in Tucson. All right. I'll be in Tombstone this Saturday. Actually, there's the, the event's starting on Friday, and it has to do with, uh, shall we say, the spiritual side of things. And they're going to have speakers on uh, Saturday, and I'm going to be one of the speakers that will be there. And there's uh, all kinds of things taking place, but that's in Tombstone, and it's at uh, Fremont in the uh, San Jose house. So get there and take a look around. You'll be surprised who you're going to see and who you're going to meet. All kinds of things that will be happening. So... Well, I wish I was going to be out there with you. It sounds like so much fun. And Rhonda is a dear oh. friend of ours. Yes. She's been on the show a Hubs bunch of times. going to be there, that's for sure. And there's other guests coming. But unfortunately, I didn't get the whole thing pulled up because my computer was biting my hand. So <laughs> if they'll check, check my website, I'll, I'll make sure it gets posted before Saturday. Yes, and then please. on the 20th, I'll be doing a show with Mark Anthony and Dr. Pat. So that should be fun, too. That will be great fun, yes. So, yeah, yeah, be sure to send me those links, and I'll put them up on the Supernatural Girls page. Yeah, so everybody can come see you. For the first time, I mean, it's really hot. And I hate to say this, but, you know, I've had one special plant that I have babied all winter long. I've had them in my window, and now they're rooted very nicely, and they're ready to put my pots. And I took them out to the back patio. And I went out this morning to water them. A couple of I have already potted, and some little critter ate them right off at this, right down oh, to the ground. No. Every one of them. Oh. Those that I had in the car where they were rooting, they even took the tops of those off. And I'm oh. thinking, okay, God, what are you telling me? I guess I'm not supposed to be a farmer or, or, <laughs> or a horticulturist or anything else. Oh, gee. It's so upsetting. You know, I had a similar experience. I went and bought a lot of plants to put in the garden, but it's been unseasonably cold here, especially at night. And Mm -hmm. I I put the plants up on this little wall, and two of the biggest ones got blown over by the wind we've been having. I know you're used to the wind out there, but we've been having wind, and it just blew these 
plants right on on their heads. <laughs> oh, to oh that's that. The wind yeah, has been that? terrible here. In fact, I look like a raccoon. My eyes are so red from the <laughs> pollen blowing in the air. Oh no! Wow. Well, we've both I, I, been uh, challenged with our wind yeah, and our plants think, and our allergies. Oh yeah, yeah. Well. Not supposed to plant them; that they're supposed to be given to us already finished. How's that? <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh my. Well, these are great events, and so again, send me the link. We'll be. I'll be sure to post them on the Supernatural Girls Facebook page. And everybody listening, if you haven't liked and followed us on Facebook, make sure you do so that you can keep track of everything we're doing. We're also on MeWe and we're on Twitter, so feel free to follow us on all of those social media platforms. And we've always got great stories up there, don't we? More and more UFOs, just everywhere. They can't suppress it anymore. The new report should be coming out June 1st. But as our guest William Stickever said, don't expect them to tell us everything because you know they won't. Still, you it's uh, good to know they'll be throwing a few crumbs out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's I also want to teasers. mention, uh, yeah, right, it will be that. Next week, I wanted to let everybody know we have another health segment, Supernatural Health. We are going to be interviewing Dr. Hannibal Miles about a new revolutionary blood test. And it is called RGCC. It tells you if you have cancer, I hope you don't, but if you do or you know somebody who does, you're going to want to listen to this show because this blood test is amazing. It can tell you everything about the number of cancer cells you have circulating in your bloodstream, what type of chemo works, what type does not. And this is bona fide medical testing, and it's all done in Greece. It takes three weeks, and then the results come back, and you have a 25-page report. So you're not shotgunning this thing. You actually have specific information. So Dr. Miles is going to be here. We're going to be talking about that, and we're also going to be talking about leading-edge treatments for cancer and for autoimmune. So if you know anybody who is affected by those two things, make sure you pass the word. It is going to be a groundbreaking show. Yeah, I have a um, Gravavoy number for everybody this week. And since we are talking about miracles and things along that line, empowering women and empowered women, here is the number, the Gravavoy number for everything is possible. Now, if you're just tuning in to what we're doing with Gravavoy numbers, they are radionic signatures that allow you to connect directly with source, bypass all of your limitations, and all the junk you may have stored in your subconscious mind. So if you want to use this one, everything is possible. The number is 519-7148. And again, that's 519-7148. And if you would like to work with miracles, in your life. The number for miracles, 777. Again, that number, 777. And you can, again, put these numbers under your pillow. You can write them in your journal. You can put them on a post-it note, put them on your computer screen, on the back of your phone, anywhere where you see them, on your altar. 
whatever, wherever, and keep it in your consciousness. It will help create a direct link for you. You've had a lot of things going on uh, with all of these numbers that people are using. And I know you've gotten some feedback. I've gotten lots of feedback from people having great things happen. So well, I just thought of something. I took a look at the numbers. The first group of numbers is an eight, which talking about our finances and being in control. And the spiritual is a three. It's about creativity and communicating. Uh-huh. How about that? I like it. So we I got like it. On both sides. Yeah. That's, that's wonderful. Yes, everybody, be sure to use those numbers. They are so powerful. And they can really help you just disconnect from that crazy monkey mind that runs around on a hamster wheel all the time. And we're all very tired of that. So. <laughs> You're peeking again. <laughs> Right. You talk about we are thinking too much, aren't we? Like today. <laughs> <laughs> well, tonight our guest is a fantastic guest. She has written a new book called The Mystery Tradition of Miraculous Conception, Mary and the Lineage of Virgin Births. What a great book this is, everybody. This is going to blow your mind. It did mine. How about yours, P.K.? Very, very interesting. It certainly gave me new thought to some old ideas. Oh, yeah. It's really bringing a lot of good things to the forefront. And I love hearing about women of power, and I know we're going to be talking about that tonight. So our guest is Marguerite Mary Regalioso, and she is a Ph.D., and she is the foremost authority on the history of virgin birth and has taught graduate and undergraduate courses in both the United States and the UK. The founding director, this is what she did, she founded Seven Sisters Mysteries, and she is also the author of The Cult of Divine Birth in Ancient Greece and Virgin Mother Goddesses of Antiquity. So we are so happy to have Marguerite with us tonight, and I just found out she also lives in Western Mass. So, Marguerite, welcome to the show. Thank you, Patricia and PK. It's great to be here, and I have something interesting to tell you, which is my birthday is 7-7. And ah. seven, 7 in the in antiquity was known as the number of virginity. So oh, for various goodness. reasons of how it operates in the decad from 1 to 10. So... Um, we're right in alignment and for you, with our also one year. It's about fresh starts and new beginnings that you're putting out. And it, it really feels that way, I must say. <laughs> so oh, we're, we're in synchronistic flow already. Yes. Very oh my good. Yes. So this topic is is just so radical in so many ways. We love it. But how did you get into this? Why did this draw your attention? You know, when I was in graduate school at the California Institute of Integral Studies in the San Francisco, in San Francisco, uh, by the time I got to do my PhD, I thought that my dissertation was going to be a full cataloging of all of the ancient references to priestesses in Greece. And prior to that, though, I had received two things. One was a downpour of, of intuition that virgin birth was a real thing that women were doing. 
And the other was reading in Drumvalo Melchizedek's The Ancient Secret of the Flower of Life, one of the volumes. He says that Thoth, his guide, said that it was a real thing and that Mary was involved in it and so forth. So because I had had that information in my mind, that kind of hypothesis, as I started looking at the priestesses of ancient Greece, I started finding overwhelming references and basically evidence in a belief and a practice of divine birth in the ancient world. And and specifically, I was looking at ancient Greece. So I really got pulled into this. And I switched my dissertation from wanting to write about priestesses in general to writing about this little-known topic in, in terms of ancient Greece. But of course, quickly on the heels of this understanding was the realization that, okay, Mary is in this lineage, but it is a lineage. She was not the only one who gave birth through miraculous means. She was part of a whole numbers of different priestesshoods throughout the ancient Mediterranean world, probably for thousands of years. And so that's how I got started. Oh, my goodness. Now, you meticulously went through a lot of, of manuscript and a lot of history to bring this book to fruition. How long did it take you to write this book? Well, this particular book, it really only took me about four or five months because it had already been gestating in my own womb, so to speak. I had been teaching on this topic of Mary and divine birth as Uh, you know, bringing in all of the research that I'd done in ancient Greece in my first two books, which you mentioned. Um, It didn't take me long to write them as well. I mean, I wrote my dissertation in about nine months, and that was my first, that became my first book, The Cult of Divine Birth in Ancient Greece, and then half of my second book, Virgin Mother Goddesses of Antiquity, and then the rest of that I, I added to about the goddesses Demeter and Persephone and all of the divine birth activities going on in their cult. So, oh my goodness. Um, you know, it, it all kind of came tumbling out last year in 2019 when I began writing this book, September 2019, and I was basically completed with it um, before COVID hit, you know, in, in January. And then right when COVID hit, and the, the shutdowns began, I secured my contract with Inner Traditions. That was good timing. <laughs> yeah, it really was good timing, I must say. I mean, it, it, the whole thing has been divinely inspired and timed because I have had this material for more than 10 years, really, since my first two books came out in 2019 and 20, I mean, excuse me, in 2009 and 2010. And so I already had this material on Mary. I had actually thought of writing a chapter in my dissertation, but there wasn't room. It was already 600 pages. And so so here we are. This is Mother Mary's timing. She obviously wanted it to happen when people would be still enough to be able to listen. And when the portals were opening up through this great cracking, this cracking apart that's happening Mm -hmm. through the, the COVID crisis. How interesting. Now, let's walk through this because you talk about in the book a group of very powerful women. So it wasn't just one. There was a group. Now, tell us about them. 
who were these women? Right. Well, in terms of Mary's group, first of all, her mother Anne was a divine birth priestess as well. Uh, She had spent her whole life probably attempting to have a divinely conceived child. And it wasn't until her elder years that she was finally able to do it. And she conceived Mary. And then alongside them was Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, who also in her elder years gave birth to John. And what you come to find out through the Islamic tradition is that Anne and Elizabeth were sisters. So Elizabeth was Mary's aunt. So you see there's a lineage of this type of practice that was going on and trainings. And there, were, there was a virgin cohort of priestesses. And what we find out in the infancy gospel of James, which is one of these suppressed gospels that was not allowed into the New Testament, but it remained a document that was the inspiration for many of the feast days to Mary and so forth in the Catholic Church, as well as a lot of the famous paintings and so forth. These events are depicted in these paintings. And in the, in the Orthodox East, it was used for masses and so forth. But what we find in this gospel is that so not only were uh, Anne and her sister Elizabeth conceiving in this way, but then Mary was, but it was part of a group ritual that Elizabeth was part of. And these were the eight virgins of the lineage of David. So there was a blood lineage that was required. And through that, Jesus was conceived and John the Baptist was conceived. But this practice in the Hebrew tradition, and these these were Hebrew women, this practice went all the way back to Sarah, the mother of, of the biblical Isaac, who Abraham tries to kill, you know that story. And then there are seemingly miraculous birth stories also around Leah and Rebecca. You know, so these early matriarchs of the Hebrew tradition have these very interesting conception stories as well. And what I point out in the book is that These were trained women in this practice. They were deliberately doing this practice. It wasn't accidental, something that happened to them because of the grace of God or because they were barren and then they prayed hard enough or whatever. They were involved in a lifelong attempt to conceive children in a seemingly counter-biological way because all of the mechanisms and processes involved were known to bring in a higher holy level being, an avatar who could then help humanity, one that really was not going to come in through the normal channels of a male and female relating. So that was the purpose of it. And their training started very young, you said in the book, right? Yes. They were toddlers and their training started. Toddlers. And in fact, for Mary, it started from day one. Her mother created a sanctuary in her bedroom and allowed nothing impure in terms of thoughts or food to pass through. Mary's feet were never to touch the ground directly. 
and these virgins from the temple were brought in from the time of her infancy to do various processes with her, most likely purifications and then teachings as she got older, energetic work and so forth. And when Mary was three, her parents, or let's say Anne and her consort, Joachim, who was not the father of Mary, um, but her consort, Joachim, gave Mary over to the Hebrew temple thereafter to be raised by the virgins and work with the angelic realms as um, perfecting her knowledge of divine conception practices. And what kinds of things do you think they they did with her, that they trained her to do? I mean, was there anything that you came across that would give you specific information on how she was taught? Yes, so I write about that. There are just these little shards in the various parts of the gospel. But in terms of when she was in her mother's sanctuary as an infant and a toddler, it looks like from the term that is used that the women were probably doing purification practices with her. So this could have been prayer work with her. Um, It could have been laying on of hands. It could have been working in a group with visualizations with her. And then as she became older and she was able to talk, um, it seems to be that, that one of the things that they taught her was a specific form of dancing because when she got to the temple at three, she climbed the stairs and she started dancing. And she was three years old and she enchanted the whole community. This was clearly something that she must have been doing. It, it was part of of her learning. And then we also hear that there was a special diet, that nothing impure was coming in, either in her mother's sanctuary or, or in the temple later. Um, it was said that she would eat like a dove from, you know, the food of an angel. So mm. it could be that she was using sacred medicines that would expand and open her consciousness, you know, that sort of thing. I mean, basically, when they identify the Dalai Lama's reincarnation, um, they can tell that it's him because he recognizes the, his artifacts from his previous life. But then they have to start teaching him, and they have to start Um, like with any great being who comes in, we all go through the the lake of Lethe that the Greeks talk about, the lake of Lethe, the lake of forgetfulness. So we don't remember our previous life. It's like waking up and forgetting a dream that you just had. You're not accessing it. We don't remember our previous life. And this often happens even for some of the masters. So it may have been that there were processes to get Mary to awaken and remember some of her past lives, you know, through foods, through prayers. I believe mantra was also something because it talks about, the gospel talks about her working with the sounds of the angels or the songs of the angels. And what I've come to learn is that mantras contain what are called bijakshras, syllables, each of which is connected to the angels or specific angels or specific angelic realms so any relation to um, angelic song is probably referring to mantra practices as well as it could be light language or it could be sacred singing even Mm. um, almost like 
you know, a spontaneous type of singing. So these are all little hints that we get that I tease out quite a bit, and uh, I will be writing about this even more in in the next book <laughs> that will probably come out oh. next year. But but okay. for now. Um, for now, that you know, I give enough to go on from this particular gospel because in this book, The Mystery Tradition of Miraculous Conception, I am basically focusing on this gospel and then I go off like on a fractal, fractal tangents and say, well, this means this and I know that because I studied this in ancient Greece and I know how to interpret what Sarah was up to and what all these symbols are with Mary and this is telling us that here's the technology of how she conceived divinely, etc., I bring in all of this research from these cartloads of books that seemingly endlessly I was bringing back and forth uh, through the CIIS library that were coming from internationally from interlibrary loan. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, my. Well, this is, this, this is mind-boggling. Now, can you paint a picture for us? of what it was like for women in that time, because clearly this was a special group. But what about the rest of yes. the women living at that time? What was it like for them? Well, this is basically the time of the Roman Empire, right? Need I mm-hmm. say any more? I mean, yeah. it was getting kind of barbaric, even while it had strong pagan elements. But basically, there was already a degeneration, and, um, I would say even a reptilian presence in the Roman Empire. And, mm-hmm. yeah, there was just a lot of degenerated energy that, that had come a long way from the pure times of Lemuria and the good times of Atlantis into whatever was positive of Egypt and then whatever was positive of, of Greece. By the time it gets to Rome, it's really getting degenerated. And so, you know... Mary is born like what, you know, um, 12 BCE, 16 BCE, something like that. Jesus is probably born around 4 BCE. This is the time where there's this extensive Roman Empire. Its tendrils are everywhere. And women's rights are going down the tubes. The priestesshoods that were once even semi-thriving in Greece have a bit less power in ancient Rome. And also the women now are being conscripted to become vestal virgins. So what we had in terms of previous uh, divine birth priestesshoods all throughout the Mediterranean world is now being siphoned off and hijacked essentially to fuel the fire of the reptilian Roman empire. And so those vestal virgins had, they were conscripted from a very early age, six years old. They had to remain virgins. What I talk about in the book is also that I think they were undergoing occult rites of divine conception for various purposes. And there are some little hints um, indicating that that was the case that I talk about, but Again, this is a degenerated form of the once more empowered divine birth priestesshoods. And so Mary and Anne and their holy, holy family, I believe they were uh, therapeutae, which is a branch of the Essenes. And I talk about some evidence for that in the book, but that they were, in a way, a, something of a world apart 
from the traditional Hebrew religion as it was being practiced and formed, from, you know, the paganism of Rome and so forth, these were pretty deep mystical people who were really trying to stay connected with the divine human blueprint, the ascension timeline, and so forth. And they were, you know, fighting an uphill battle. And there were, there were other groups um, later, like the Cathars, who, you know, tried to hold on to this esoteric information, but were then decimated. So Mary was coming in um, at a time when divine birth was still being actively practiced, but it was being veiled. It was a time when women's power and spiritual power was being siphoned off or suffocated, and it was a dangerous time. It was dangerous for her to be conceiving Jesus in this way, witness what happened with Herod when he found out from the seers of Iran, um, these magi, that there was a divinely born child. Holy cow. He got busy (laughs) to try to locate these kids and just kill them. Because, you know, the Roman Empire did not want that going on. No, they certainly didn't. And so that paints a great, great picture for us to understand all of this. Because, yeah, that was one of the things I was thinking of as I was reading your book about how did they stay safe with everything that was going on around them. And and They were in hiding a lot. Yeah, they were in hiding a lot. I mean, the the Mm -hmm. gospel describes how um, when Herod sends out to kill all the children under two years old, you know, Mary has to hide Jesus and Elizabeth has to climb a mountain um, to hide John. And so, yeah, it's, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. But um, in a way, it's, it's no different than today where when these children are divinely born, and I do know of several of them who have come in, they, they die immediately or um, within months to years because the vibration can't hold them yet. And, mm. um, <clears throat> you know, there, there are many other uses of divine birth that are not positive either that have been going oh. on. Oh, really? What is that about? Well, um you know, Mother Mary's process was probably the highest vibration of this kind of practice. She was able to bring in the highest level avatar that the earth has seen because of all of her practices and austerities through lifetimes. And the lifetime that we know of her as Mary was her final lifetime before she fully ascended into goddesshood, which is where she is now, which is why we can access her. So she Mm -hmm. brought in a very high being for humanity to help with this reptilian incursion. I mean, they were no strangers to these types of beings and all of the negativity that was on the planet and that is still going on now. And that's why I believe that the veils are coming off her divine birth practice now, right when all of this stuff is getting exposed. So, you know, she and her mother and her aunt and, and various other women in antiquity had very high vibrational uh, abilities around this. They had a lot of integrity. They were connecting up with the right star systems. They were bringing in the right types of beings to be positive effects and influences on humanity. 
But there were other women who were doing it in a degenerated way, like Olympias, mother of Alexander the so-called Great. She was consorting with Zeus Amon-Ra, who was basically an Anunnaki reptilian being. And she gave birth to Alexander, who was just, you know, a bag of trouble from day one. Yeah. And um, there, you know, th- there are... Um, there are others of questionable, uh, you know, Augustus Caesar is said to have been born in this way by his mother, Atia. And now we have, on the, on the other hand, we have more positive beings that came through divine birth priestesses. Plato's mother, Terectione, gave birth to him in this way. And Pythagoras's mother, Pythias, gave birth to him in this way. But you know, there were various types of divine birth. Mary did the most pure type, which is parthenogenesis, basically self-conception entirely. No male energy at all in her space. Same with her mother, Anne. But there were different methods where sometimes the women would be engaged in astral sexual intercourse with these beings. And sometimes they were more positive beings, sometimes they were more negative beings. And... um the practice even degenerated down to the point where they had to then bring in a human male to actually effect the sexual intercourse with the woman. And that's where you have the pharaohs and the lineage of the pharaohs that comes in through that more degenerated form. But coming, you know, throughout time, we can look at the royal families. These kings and and so forth were all supposed to have been born in this way. But... um, I believe they started using negative magic around all of this and they created situations where degenerated power beings were coming in and witness, you know, um, royal lineages and so forth. And then who knows what's going on on the level of the Illuminati. Yes. And then we have... That's a scary sure. thought, you know. And then we have the alien abduction, which I we were talking offline um, earlier, where it's in the lineage of all this. But the difference between alien abduction and divine birth is that with alien abduction, they are just stealing women, their wombs, their reproductive material, and men's as well, under cover of night, darkness, and amnesia. And there's no agency will or even knowledge uh, on the part of the human being that this is even happening. Divine birth, on the other hand, is a completely willed, practiced, high-level, high-vibrational at its best uh, priestess shamanic capability that, uh, again, in, in different phases of it, could have been working with negative beings, um, you know, as it degenerated or as the as these women started getting their their conception spaces infiltrated. So the women would start along in a ritual of divine conception and then whoop, all of a sudden, whoa, what's Hades doing in there? What's Zeus doing in there? Uh, he's mm-hmm. Zeus raping them and then giving, they are having um, an actual conception of a child onto the planet. And these are the heroes so-called Uh, that wreaked havoc with the matriarchy, like Theseus, Perseus, Alexander the Great, etc., Heracles, okay? 
Um, yeah. So all of these legendary stories about the rapes of the maidens are referring to a hijacked practice. It was already like an abduction was already starting there. And then if you, you know, go into present time, it's just horrific. It really is. And you're saying so many fascinating things. And now I have a lot of questions. I just need to back up because mm-hmm. you said you knew of some births like this, but the energy wasn't enlightened enough to carry them forward so they didn't last long how did you know that these were enlightened beings trying to be born onto the planet today what what was it that showed you that well um for these particular individuals and i'm thinking of three now one the daughter did survive um it is she was is the daughter of two hindu swamis now they were Hmm. able to keep a high vibration and uh, they were able to keep a high vibration, and this woman is now, you know, in her 20s, going into her 30s. Uh, she'll probably be a special being. Um, the other one, um, the woman herself was, uh, Den Poitras talks about this in his book, Parthenogenesis, Women's Long Lost Ability to Self-Conceive. He talks about his friend. Uh, pseudonymously named Lori, who conceived spontaneously through a flash of light on December 24th, 1976. She had been a practicing breatharian. She was a very high-level spiritual adept herself. Undoubtedly, the child was high but high level, but died after three months. And then mm-hmm. another one um, is a is a woman who was basically solicited by Quetzalcoatl, the god Quetzalcoatl, to have his child. Uh, That boy lived three years. He was a special child. And then when he died through a choking incident, unfortunately it was horribly traumatic for this woman, Um, that night she had huge downpours of information about cosmic information from this child. So, you know, there are... I'm sure there are many, many other stories like this that I don't even know about. And um, so, you know, these we're talking about three women of, of high spiritual integrity. And who knows what's going on on the reverse end of that with uh, other types of women who are either deliberately, willingly doing this or they get conscripted and forced into it for the purposes yes, of bringing through demonic, um, you know, hybrid. Yeah, there certainly is a lot of that energy in the world today, unfortunately. It yeah, is isn't there? Like it isn't there. Yeah. And, it's, and the lid is coming off of all this, uh, Patricia and PK. You know, the lid is coming off. The veils are coming off at this very time. And we're all saying, whoa. Yeah. This and is it's all part of a continuum. Of women's use and and misuse of women's wombs, the the abduction of women's wombs, starting back when the gods started raping the maidens. That's when when we really start hearing about it in antiquity. And one of the things we were discussing off air also is, you know, could this have been a positive alien intervention with these types of births? So, because we have lots of evidence that extraterrestrials have been here visiting us and living here for thousands of years. And they have 
been doing things with our DNA. So why not have, uh, you know, considered that also? Is that possible? Does that fit into what you're, you have learned in your research? Well, you know, if we go back to the Pleiades, the Pleiades are considered the seven mothers of the world by numerous traditions, including the ancient Greeks. If you look at their story, they are these star-being women who seeded the large portion of humanity through conceptions that happened, but there's, there are twists in their story because most of those stories were rape stories. Like we hear that Zeus raped a few of them and um, you know, there were other gods involved, so-called, who are basically these Anunnaki, often Anunnaki reptilian hybrids. So it is kind of a mixed bag. Um, and I think there's much more to learn about this Pleiadian story and this Pleiadian history because it may well be that the Pleiades are trying to release karma from that from that mm-hmm. great seeding event that happened through some negative intervention there, right? Yeah. And because here's the thing, you can be as high tech as you want. You can be as high tech as all get out. You can be as high tech as Atlantis on steroids and acid, but you still need the <laughs> womb to create an ensouled being. And that's what they can't get away from. Hence, all these abductions, okay? Mm-hmm. They have not figured out a way to create a womb that could create an ensouled being. They can only create clones, borgs, and whatever else they're creating, AI, hybrid situations, that all those AIs know how to do is eat up known universes so, and create trouble everywhere. So, yeah, you we know, certainly have plenty been, of that right a, now. It's been a bit of a mixed bag. And also there's the understanding that the reptilian queens were the worst of all, which I know from my past lives. Oh, and no goodness yeah. knows what, you know, what purposely they were involved in in creating demons. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. How do you think these demons got into this universe or whatever? through the wombs of willing, you know, female beings on whatever dimension or level. So there's a lot of cleanup operation happening now, and it really has to start with human women from the bottom up. Like they talk about incorporations leading from the bottom up, you know. That's what we're doing here. You know, we, we, we have to awaken to what has gone on, what is going on, the good, the bad, and the ugly of it. That's why Mother Mary is unveiling her secret right now. And right now when all this UFO stuff is going to get exposed in a whole big way, right? Uh, Yes. And then everybody's going to have to deal with what is this whole thing and why did everybody start getting abducted in the 1960s and, you know, right? Because of these treaties and whatever went on. So, uh, it's all, we, the UFO field has to come together with women's spirituality. And that's what's happening as, as the three of us are talking right here and right now. Because the UFO field is a male game. And unless they stop it and start behaving 
and opening up to what the heck is going on and the travesty against women, we're going to get nowhere. We're going to get nowhere in this disclosure movement. Yeah, How do you we, feel about the conversation was that in the year 2000, as we will go into the 2000s, it is more the time of the woman. And at this point in time, we're seeing women step forward, do more things, be more uh, leaders than they ever have been in the past. And there's so much going on with that. Do you feel that that's uh, all part of this movement? Absolutely. And all of this, you know, um, the Me Too exposures, the alien abduction exposures, it's all part of a movement, but it's coming together in what I'm saying here, which is that we have to say no to these shenanigans around the human womb. And we have to reclaim the power of the human womb. We have to become the gatekeepers once more of this planet. Who comes in and who doesn't come in? That's how women have to go from childhood to adulthood with their understandings of this so that they can say yes and no, conceive more consciously, even when they're conceiving through the more conventional means with a man, and not have any of this insertion of beings into their space, abduction of children, you know, of, of, of their wombs, of the taking of their children such that they were pregnant for three months and all of a sudden they're not and nobody knows what happened and then everybody just goes unconscious because they can't compute. So we, we need to start getting back into these womb practices, some of the very womb practices that Mary was involved in that I start hinting about in this book and I will write about more in the next book but that Sri Kaleshwar, a very great master now on the other side through his samadhi, uh, brought forth about Mother Mary's practices and the Holy Womb Chakra practices, which I have been certified to teach, and that is at the Seven Sisters Mystery School website. You can register for that course, the Holy Womb Chakra teachings, and start getting into the purification of your womb and the empowerment of your womb. It's going to start very simply with nuts and bolts, mantras and yantras, and yes, you've got to buck up and do it. This is not going to happen automatically. Well, we've lost so, so much awareness, haven't we? I mean, that's it's, right. I, the awareness of, of, I'm going to talk about women right now, but of course men are involved in this too. The awareness is very, very low consciousness, especially around conception, it appears to me. Now, having right. a high awareness and aspiring to that higher awareness would be wonderful. And I think people That's are right. so lost in the mundane aspects of their lives that they don't see the potential and the power. Women hold a lot of power, but we don't own it at all. That's right, because we, it, it's been cut off. It's been cut off deliberately. It's not that women are stupid or, or you know, unevolved, but they just, it's been a whole campaign for thousands of years for women to get cut off from this information. Now, though, is the pivot point, the swivel point, the turning point, mm-hmm. and people can read my book, The Mystery Tradition of Miraculous Conception. They can take that course, The Holy Womb Chakra Teachings. They can take my other course, The Mother Mary Mystery Teachings. They can join with me in the circle that I'm doing now through the end of June 
which is uh, the Mother Mary Love and Empowerment Circle, where today I lead people through a channeled meditation each time, and then I channel messages. And she had each person merge with her. I mean, it was like high octane. I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, I thought it was going to be way lower. You know, like I was ready for like some R&R. And no, like she went right for it. No, I'm merging all my chakras with every single person here because I am nothing but a reflection of you at your highest vibration. That's what she's here to say. She's here to say, I went through the ascension. Yeah. I went through the ascension. I'm not here to be worshipped. I'm here as a mirror for mm-hmm. you. And as you access higher and higher aspects of me, you, aspe- you access higher and higher aspects of yourself. As you access higher and higher aspects of yourself, you see higher and higher aspects of me. It's a mirror, figure eight. She's just here to show us. And Jesus, same thing. For the male template. And the Magdalene is in there as well. She's the human woman in ascension process now. Mary has already ascended. And what does that mean? It means that you've you've gone rainbow body. You've gone high level octane zenith consciousness. You know, you can merge with the universe. You can go into different dimensions. You can do different things instead of just reincarnate and, you know, eat cheese Whiz <laughs> lifetime after lifetime, okay? You know, like there's a lot more to do. There's a lot more to universe. do. And I think what people are really getting a, a strong look at is how we've been used as slaves Absolutely. forever. Absolutely. It's time to recognize that and see who are the slave masters and That's why right. do we keep following their lead instead of taking a stand and say, I'm done with this. So That's right. And look at what's happening now, Patricia. Isn't it curious how one of the symptoms of this um, injection, shall we say, has attacked directly to the human womb? Have you been hearing about yes. this, reading about it? Oh, God, yes. We've been on top of that. Okay. PK and I have been right in the right. forefront of, of reading and researching and talking to experts about it. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's become this, this incredibly uh, volatile issue. And it's so, to me, it's, and I know to you too, PK, this has been totally bizarre. Since when has it ever become anybody's business if you take the injection or you don't? Now, That's I know right. there's something out there called HIPAA laws, right? That's there right. Personal pro- but all of a sudden, it's like those things don't exist. Did you get it? That's right. Did you get it yet? Because Why aren't you the, program, the program has been so strong with the fear that is allowing all rules to be overturned for the sake, so-called, of saving life when we all know that the whatever this illness was, was downgraded anyway. It's not even a lethal thing, hardly. You know, the whole thing is a plan and a program, okay? So now what's happening is... people to see if they they want to. That's right. It, it, It depends on what level of initiation you're going through right now. 
those of us who are going through the initiation of being able to see this are on one trajectory for our soul growth. Those who are not decided to go amnesia, take this thing, whatever, you know, whatever they're going to, they're going to be on their own trajectory. Okay. But the interesting thing is that the attack on the woman's womb is a seeming outcome of these bad reactions to this substance. Okay. Right at the time when mother Mary is unveiling her womb for the entire world to see, Hey, divine birth is a real thing. This is a capability of women at its apex. And, oh, by the way, you can conceive normally through higher level means, which many women have known, you know, for decades now. Um, mm-hmm. but, but this whole thing is all coming together now. The dark and the light. It yeah, it's, it's fascinating the way you're talking about it. You're really allowing for a whole new perspective for us and our audience. And we're, we're so happy that you're doing it because you're bringing in elements that have to be considered, at the very least considered. And That's when you right. talk about the abductions too, you know, Betty Andreasen is a dear friend of ours. And her abduction is one of the most highly documented over the years, her book was uh, written by Raymond Fowler, came out 1979-1980. But Betty said back then that one of the reasons that people were, uh, their eggs and sperm were being harvested was because we were going to be making ourselves extinct with mm. a lack of fertility. And here we are mm-hmm. with, as as many people know, this is potentially uh, one of the effects of what's going on now. So, yeah. you know, are they That's here right. to preserve us or are they, and I don't believe me, I'm not in favor of the way they've done any of it, but uh, there is that aspect to consider that they knew this was coming. And it's just, it's so complex sometimes, but, but, it this is empowerment because of women is so important. That's the thing. That's what's going to Western women are going to save the world. Okay, as the Dalai Lama said, perhaps that 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 quote is attributed to him. You know, um, yeah. But it all hinges on the womb. Our future salvation hinges on the womb, and women to understand the power of their wombs, reclaim that power, purify their wombs, and motor on this, you know, really activate these powers, these powers of healing, these powers of creativity, these powers of seeing, and these powers of conception. That's what well, needs to happen. we are all for it. Yeah, it has yeah. to. I mean, this, this, you know, this deep, dark lack of consciousness has is, is become that's worse right. than offensive. It's dangerous. And whatever's going on with these abductions, Um, you know, I am just not a fan. I'm not a fan of terrorizing people and using amnesia and taking them and doing whatnot in the name of so-called whatever. You know what I mean? It's it's like, no. Whenever I hear channelers and, you know, people say, well, you know, people were contracted. Really? Uh, No. Well, here's another thing that, that we discovered in 
that there, you know, we're supposed to be a place of free will. However, they have found a way around that. And of one course, of the ways they, they, get they get permission. Well, yeah, and here's the big one. One of the ways they get around this is by asking permission in, when people are in the dream state. And people give their permission so unknowingly um, because nice. they're not conscious in their dreams. They're not aware in their dreams. I don't know how many shows we've done on dreams, PK, but we've done a lot, right? We've done a lot. That is for sure. And, yeah, and, and we keep saying, look, this is important. You need to do this dream work. It is so important That's right. that you keep and track get conscious of your dreams. during the dream state. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Because to bring right. it back to virgin birth, okay, they these beings have been getting finding loopholes around free will for a very long time, and yes. they did it back in antiquity as well when these beings, these male beings, would intervene and hijack women's divine birth rituals. They always made it a seduction. So it was never quite a rape. It was, you know, the Greek, the Greek word thought on for rape means seduction. And so wow. these different. were consented at the last minute. The, the woman would kind of consent to this impregnation. And so it goes along with what you're saying in the dream state when we're not aware, we're not conscious. It's like, you know, we're on a bad LSD trip and we, you know, we don't know how to awaken and, and understand and get grounded and say, see what's going on and say no. So that's the other thing. It's like becoming conscious about how we're being manipulated and how we need to awaken and what we need to do to stay awake and sovereign. It's all yes. about sovereignty. Yeah, we are a sovereign people, but we're not acting like it and we're not being treated like it. It's exactly the opposite. And that's a lot of, mm-hmm. I think, what has been kept from us is our own power and our own ability to change the reality we are living in right now. So, well, there are yeah. enough of us who are speaking about this now. And there are enough of us who are on that trajectory of awakening, of incension, I call it, uh, who are speaking, who are making these thought forms available to others should they ever switcheroo or should there be a dramatic series of events that, that awaken even these most deeply asleep people, right? Yeah. And then, then we'll be able to get, get more attraction here together because yeah, right now it's like you know 20 percent awaken 80 percent asleep and it's like whoa we've got to tip that seesaw in a different direction mm-hmm. yes yes we do we absolutely do but i think there are a lot more awakened people at least to a certain level than i've seen in a while I, I don't know if you're seeing yeah. the same thing, but it appears that way, which is a good thing. And it's also very They're coming out of the woodwork. <laughs> yeah, and, but it's frustrating to look at the yoke of oppression that we're living under right now. It's bizarre. Yeah. It's, it's bizarre. bizarre. I mean, it's in our 3D faces right now. Yes, it is. <laughs> 
Hey, TK, you and I talk about this a lot. <laughs> you must love hearing Marguerite talk about this as much as I do. So, but you're you're putting well, as, perspective on it that's so important, and I'm so glad you're here to do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, just say no starts with women's wounds. <laughs> you know, it's it's like. Yeah. Me too goes intergalactic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, hello, yes, stop with this using of my body and my material and mm-hmm. my womb space and my energy. Exactly. But we also have to have some women stop giving it away also. And that That's I right. think is mixed messages. That's right. Well, you know, that's a whole other topic. I mean, women under duress, anyone under duress will vacillate and, uh, you know, do distorted behaviors. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're, we're clearing and cleaning the, to survive, but we're clearing and cleaning this up. Right. We need to. We need to. Yes. Now, tell us about the group that you lead and the Seven Sisters Mystery School. Now, is this something that people can join and put their hearts and souls into their own progression, into ascension? Yes, yes, yes. I founded Seven Sisters Mystery School in 2012, you know, right with all this clockwork timing. (laughs) You know, so many people kind of... um, went turbo in 2012 or um, and I was one of them and so basically over these going on nine years now I've developed a, a endless stream <laughs> of courses of events of ceremonies in person online now exclusively online and I was doing online years and years ago so when COVID hit it was like oh well you know just another normal day for me I'm a I'm doing an online course. Um, And people, you know, so I've been blessed to be productive uh, with with these teachings and so forth. I've taught oracle classes. Um, I'm I'm going to be resurrecting that and uh, offering a a high-level oracle training for women in the fall. And so... um, you know, I, I told you I've taught the Mother Mary mystery teachings, the Holy Womb chakra teachings. I have an audio series called the Divine Birth Mysteries audio series, which is foundational material from my first two books on ancient Greece and the priestesses of divine birth there. All of this stuff, you know, really, if you, if you t- were to take all of the courses um, that I've ever done, it would be like a master's degree, if not going into a PhD, you know, in, in, in some level. So people can, yes, come and go, pick and choose whatever courses work for them. Um, I am offering um, cacao ceremonies to help people open their consciousness and their heart to have that experience of being suspended in fifth dimensional consciousness for an hour or, you know, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I just did a course called um, Accelerating into Fifth Dimensional Consciousness. That's available online. And 
many others. And I work one-on-one with people. I do private sessions. Um, If people would like more focused attention, private guidance, uh, going deeper either for one session or a series of sessions. So those are some of the things that I've been doing over the years. And as we come out of lockdown, if this ever does happen fully, uh, hopefully at some point there will be in-person events that I do um, or traveling to places. Yeah. So to find what, you, what? they would go to sevensistersmysteryschool.com. Is that the best place to yeah. go? Mm-hmm. Yep, and the seven is written out, S-E-V-E-N. Yes, and once you get to that landing page, you will see that the the highlighted courses that I just described are all there and the the ongoing enrollment for the Mother Mary uh, Love and Empowerment Circle is going on. The cacao ceremony is coming up June 27th. And then um, there are many other things that I have that are free audios, free videos that I've done over the years that have really beautiful empowering content on a host of topics, spiritual, sacred career-wise, emotional healing-wise, uh, psychic protection-wise. This is all great. I work with the fairies yeah. as well. I have, a, I have a course and a series of uh, information on the fairies, the fae, the subtle beings of, of nature. That's an important part because they are part of our um, remedying part of our healing part of our salvation is coming to awareness of them and working with them and you know western mass has a lot of fairy energy especially in the forests mm-hmm. around here so it's yeah, yeah. I'm very strong all that. yeah is there this is such an important time and how do you see this unfolding? Do you see enough people coming together? Do you see enough women waking up with what's in front of us right now? Um, I'm going to say yes, because it has to be, and so it is. And I decree it so. I like that. Okay. We're going to back you up. <laughs> All right. If, if more it. of us just get get into our decrees, this are better for the greatest good of all, it will yes. accumulate and it will propel us into that reality. That's what's needed. We need to go through this initiation. Well, it is a bit of a trial by fire. That is for sure. Um that's right, but what else was going to get us off of our cushy couches and, you know, those of us who had cushy couches and, you know, our petty addictions and so forth, right? Yes. Yes. As, as one of our guests said a couple of weeks ago, you know, we now hold more technology in our hand, in our phone, than they had when they sent someone to the moon. So it's yeah. this, that kind of power that we have, but we have to catch up. With our consciousness, right? We can't let the technology get ahead of us. You know, because we've already been there and done that with Atlantis and whatnot and so on. It's so boring. It's just like, oh my God, you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we did it the hard way then. 
Yeah, it would be it would be great to see all of this come to fruition. That's why I think your work is so important. Again, I'm going to tell everybody the name of your book that we're talking about tonight, along with the other ones. But the most recent one is The Mystery Tradition of Miraculous Conception, Mary and the Lineage of Virgin Birth. Great book. You can get it on Amazon.com, everybody. And it's definitely important to read so that you understand the underpinnings of all of this. And, and why, why this is critical today. And, you know, when you talk about um, Mary and the women in her group, it does sound even beyond shamanic. It really does. Yeah. And this is a whole other level that goes beyond shamanism. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they were really, really working angelic level. Yeah. It was very high vibrational work. It was it was an off planet um, interactivity and communication. They they had to be working with star realms, star intelligences, angelic intelligences, and so forth. They were very yes. high beings who who were already who had already incarnated, and they were managing through the three D to create some breakthroughs, poke throughs. I mean, what, not only were these women such an amazing group because of their high level of consciousness, but they also had to be tough to survive back then. They had to be smart. They had to know where to go and where to hide and how to stay away from the people that just wanted to wipe them out, them and their children. Yeah. They this had to be was, wise. Yes. Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here with anxiety just thinking about it. Places I know to move to and run to and oh my goodness, yes. And yeah. we do have, for the most part, a lot of us do have cushy lives today. We don't have to worry about those kinds of things. But certainly back then, every moment could have brought an ending to what they were doing. And mm-hmm. it did, in a way. I mean, Jesus was crucified and killed. You know, so yes, that was their worst nightmare. And mm-hmm. then they realized, oh gee, just like us. It's sitting here going, wow, this is really terrible, but uh, this is an initiation. They were like, wow, okay, I guess that's how it had to go to be able to open the crack on the planet mm-hmm. for this light to shine in. Wow, what a shame. But okay, here we are. And they made, you know, more than lemonade out of lemons. They made, you know, lemon meringue pie, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and and they made that crucifixion work for them. And, you know, Sri Kaleshwar talks about how Mother Mary resurrected Jesus through her womb. She used all oh. of her, her austerity powers to resurrect his body. Okay? So it wasn't just the divine birth. It was the divine death. It was the divine rebirth that she helped mm-hmm. facilitate and made possible through these extensive high-level yogas that they were doing high-level miracle abilities that, that other saints on the planet have had in various ways. It's just they were the apex of the combination of these practices. They put them all together. Jesus was apparently mm-hmm. doing, according to Kaleshwar, like 17 yogas on the cross. And mm-hmm. Mother Mary and Magdalene were right there with him. And then when she got his body down from the cross and put him on her lap, which is depicted in the Pieta, interestingly, um, she was working 
all of her practices of Kandana Yoga and Atma um, uh, Parakaya Pravesh and these different yogas to bring him back, body and soul. And Kaleshwar, Kaleshwar's timeline is that Jesus, um, Jesus' resurrection was his transportation to India where he lived his last decade mm-hmm. with Mary Magdalene. That's his timeline. And, you know, I think there's medicine in that timeline. Whether you, whether you feel or sense that Jesus just resurrected into the astral plane or whether you feel that he went to India um, and had more lifetimes, of, uh, more decades, of which there, there are records of, their, of his presence there, you know. Um, yeah. Whatever it is, whatever timeline you're using, there's medicine for you. And these beings appear and are willing to fractalize according to where you're going, what you're needing for your soul growth. Mm-hmm. And so that's what Mother Mary's womb revelations right now are all about. She is going to be and is elevating women's womb power and their consciousness around their wombs by this revelation of the reality of her divine conception of Jesus. And through what I'm, what I'm researching and describing, which is um, the understanding on an intellectual level of how it could have happened, like suddenly it makes sense. And we're not just sitting here going, hmm, well, I guess we just have to believe it. Either oh, that boy. or like, that's hogwash. I'm not going there. Uh, the whole thing is BS. You know, no, now it's like we can understand how this could have happened. Most definitely. Now, Mary Magdalene, another fascinating woman in history who obviously was quite empowered. Do you think that she did have children? with Jesus because that is one of the the theories that has come around yeah you know I've I've been persuaded by that I mean there are French legends and then Kaleshwar says that that they did um, as well so it's not just you know a few wackadoodle channeling ladies (laughs) you know just saying this stuff (laughs) or intuiting it you know, there's like different people who are getting the same information independently. And it strikes us, it strikes a lot of us, especially those of us brought up Catholic who were like, we always knew there was something more to Mary Magdalene. Like she was the cool one. It's like, oh, goody, Easter. Now we get to hear about Mary Magdalene, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just like the one interesting thing. Like what is that hair washing bit, that, you know, foot washing and all that? Yeah, the oil and uh, so um, you know she. I do think that they had children, and um, now Kaleshwar and others, Claire Hartsong, who whose books very interesting books, Anna, Grandmother of Jesus, and Anna, Voice of the Magdalene, Magdalene says that. Jesus was, um, he had children by more than one woman. Mm -hmm. And so that's really an interesting concept, you know, that I can't quite get with. You know, I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah. Uh, But, um, yeah, you know, like it, it, mm -hmm, it may not be what it seems there entirely, you know, that um, the avatar was meant 
to spread his seed to other, you know, bunches of other people potentially. So to cause these well, create yeah. lineages. And if yeah, if you look at a lot of the the gurus or the uh, the the avatars as you call them, a lot of them were busy. So you know it does make sense. And as I recall, I'm reading something about there were witness accounts of seeing Mary Magdalene with her daughter, that was mm-hmm. also Jesus's daughter. You know there are accounts of this that were reported. Of course, you know we know what happens when the truth tries to come out. They try to suppress it. So. Yeah. Again, there may be well, actual proof of that. Yeah, something that took place in uh, Italy and France, in a combination between that area, is where they that something was said about this taking place. Yes. Yes, that Sarah La Calie is the legendary uh, daughter, according to the French belief that Mary Magdalene came over to France and pregnant essentially and gave birth to Sarah LaCali who is worshipped or venerated and uh, carried around in a procession in France, in the south of France I think it's in July or something like that so there are these legends all over that I think each one has some semblance of credence to. Mm-hmm. And, and there have been some books written, Bloodline of the Holy Grail. I remember reading that one years mm-hmm. ago and talking about the heirs. And it all made sense to me, the way they did the genealogy and, and tracked things through. It just made sense. Mm-hmm. So very interesting. And then also trying to keep those uh, people's identities fairly secret because they would be in danger again here we go again right anybody right, who's that's right. light beings they gotta get rid of them how does well that's all changing now now how do you see it changing please give us this light at the end <laughs> of the yeah because we're because we are decreeing it so We are all decreeing it so. And we are we are manifesting that reality now. That is changing simply by our assertion of it. That is part of the initiation. Is to understand the power of your words, the power of your thoughts, the power of your intention and your will to adhere to that of the divine will and harness the energies and co-create it. Oh, I like that. We, we, that. we are and harness we will. It's not, yeah, it's not, it's not, um, we are co-creating the timeline that we want. So we need to will the one that we want. Well, that makes sense. And that's part of our initiation, part of our empowerment to take back the power. No, we will this. That is good use of third chakra energy. It is positive. And, yeah, we all need to get together and do that, and even individually do that so that this That's right. can change. Yeah. Individually, yeah. together, because 
it just takes one drop of light to dispel the darkness, you know. And so that's the thing. Like, even though the numbers seem skewed, there's tremendous power in those who are um, activated in this direction to continue going with this work, this play, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, continue with these visualizations, continue with these meetings, continue to have good days where you're enjoying life and nature and, you know, you're not listening to any of the blah, blah, blah about everything, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. Um, Right. You know, and, and you're, you're, you're having group visualizations and you're living these things. We, I, I mean, I've never gotten more clear than this moment talking to the two of you, Patty and PK, of how this is going to happen. It's not that we're like waiting for some oracle to tell us what is the future. That's the old way. The new way that we're initiating into is we're making it. And I like we're that a lot better. It. Yeah. I like we are it. the ones like we've been waiting for, and we are grabbing the power that is already ours. And that's what they don't want us to know. So it that's is absolutely, important. and it only takes a few people doing it to turn the ship around. So well, the ship this meme that's going out through this, <laughs> yeah, this meme that's going out through this broadcast. You know, we want people to um, spread it and listen to it and incorporate it into themselves. Yes, it's time to own it and enjoy it. And create what we want, absolutely. And we only have a couple minutes left, unfortunately, Marguerite, because this has been such an exciting show with you. I have Thank to ask you. you one more question. What is it like when you are able to contact the energy of Virgin Mary? What does it feel like? And we only have a couple minutes, so we may have to pick well, what up I, next Well, what I invite everybody to do is just close their eyes. Just close their eyes and think on the Virgin Mary in her most elevated form. Blessed Mother, Master Mary, Goddess Mary. That's the beginnings of what it's like to connect with Mother Mary. She's right there. And again, as you start seeing her in new expanded ways, that opens those portals and channels within yourself. As those channels and portals open, then you're able to see her in ever more expanded ways, and it's a figure eight, and she helps you go into your ascension. So play with her, communicate with her, just be there in the silence because she is you. She is the mirror reflection of you, and the higher your vibration, the higher you see her, the higher you see her, the higher you make your vibration. Well, we are going to do that. And again, Marguerite, thank you so much for a very exciting time tonight. And again, the name of the book, The Mystery Tradition of Miraculous Conception, Mary and the Lineage of Virgin Birth. We can't wait to have you back on the show, Marguerite. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Lovely Christian PK. Great information. Oh, blessed be. Thank you for having me. It's really been a delight.
Well, it's our honor to have you on the show, and we can't wait to have you back to continue these very interesting conversations that are just so expansive. This is what we need. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And, again, we'll be back next week. We have Dr. Hannibal Miles. Don't miss it. And until then, we will see you on the Blue Highway. Good night, everyone. Good night. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural Girls. Thank you.